This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. All right, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whenever and however you might be listening, and welcome back to The Gospel for Life. Uh, Russ is continuing to enjoy some R&R this week, and so with us is our intrepid producer, Mr. Andrew. How are you, buddy? Good. How are you guys? Doing well. It's great to have you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, we're in our series called uh, The Great Dechurching, uh, looking at a text from Jim Davis and Michael Graham. It's really a sociological exam and, and study on reasons and the profiles of people who have left the church. And so over the last few days, we've been looking at those particular groups. You can go back and catch us on the podcast, find out who they are and what their motivations were. Uh, before things get too dark and too dismal, we thought we should shift in tone <laughs> and actually talk about what are we going to do with all this? It's one thing to say there's a problem. It's quite another to say, what are we going to do about that problem? So uh, the authors in part three of the book turn to engaging with the de-churched. And just as a helpful reminder, um, while these are certainly spreadsheets and numbers, those spreadsheets and numbers represent actual people. These are our friends, our neighbors. Maybe our college roommates, maybe people in our own home mm-hmm. yep. uh, and family that uh, have decided to, to walk away uh, and disengage from the church. So how do we minister to them? And then on a positive note, at least one of the profiled groups, the de-churched evangelicals, at least 51% of them said that they, they think they'll one day return to church. So how do we draw that day near? How do we draw it closer? So let's talk about some of those things. The authors begin with kind of the social science definition of religion in three ways: uh, behavior, belief, and belonging. What what do those words mean? How we how might we might understand them as as Christians when we think about behavior, belief, and belonging? Well, part of because any religion is you have the behavior being you know you're you're a part of that community. You go to your place of worship, but then also the belief. There's a system that everybody ascribes to. And then the belonging aspect is the the fellowship in the community. You know, all that is kind of a general, generic part of pretty much any religion. But as Christians, we should really excel in these things, um, especially the you know, we have the truth, our belief system. We should have that love that is evident that Jesus says, you know, by your love, the world will know that you are my disciples. And then the behavior. I mean, it God calls us to come together and. Uh, take part in that service of worship. The, the, I think that um, what they're going to talk about is you know, the very hopeful message that we have that if there is a fruitful engagement with people, and particularly you know, in line of the belief and the behavior, uh, if we're not compromising our doctrine or our beliefs and still have that fruitful engagement with them, there is a great hope that the, uh, these individuals will uh, come back to the church, be a part of the church, uh, more, but more importantly, have that uh, solid relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting to think through these categories, and even just in the last episode, there were at least in both the Catholics and the de-churched mainline Protestants, both identified this idea of not fitting in with the church, 
um, or not feeling loved by the church, mm. which would speak to this part of belonging. So, so maybe the regular behavior was there. They went to church. Maybe they even, you know, shared an orthodox belief mm-hmm. of the church. But because there was a lack of belonging or social affiliation, they they simply dechurched. Mm-hmm. When we're talking about the dechurched, um, we're talking about a group of people who've not given up an understanding of a belief in God. Right. Uh, so there. So this is a you know this is a positive thing. There's a you might say there's some pre-evangelism has already yeah. taken place. Yep. You know there's a belief in God. There's a belief in you know and and helping them understand what God they should be believing in is an important part of that. You know it's like you know Paul at Mars Hill. You know you know they he saw that they were a religious people. Mm-hmm. They they believed in a lot of things. But let me tell you about the unknown God that you. You've actually have erected, uh, you know, a monument too, and then he began to talk ab- about that. God is the one that in whom we live and move and have our being, and so I think that there's a a sense in which that you you take this awareness of God. They may even be aware of times in their life where they cried out to God. And then you begin to talk to them uh, uh, about him and engage and find out what their questions are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In, in particular with the de-churched, the, the authors offer this perspective from page 123. They say, uh, invite your de-churched friends back to a healthy church with you. But unlike a simple nudge to go back to the gym, we would do well to open the doors of also our homes and our chairs at our table. Mm-hmm. We aren't just telling them that they should go back to church. We're inviting them into our lives, which includes church. Yeah. What do you guys think? Well, they're basically saying that the de-churched have lacked motivation. You know, it's like, you know, you use that illustration of the gym. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. everybody wants, you know, once a year at least, you know, they they make those, uh, you know, resolutions, New Year's resolutions that they're going to have a better diet, they're going to do this. But those uh, feelings of wanting that don't, always match up with uh, doing it. So if you have a partner in that, if you have somebody that's inviting you, if they come in alongside of you, mm-hmm. and particularly, you know, this just really points out the real opportunity people have as a church. I mean, if the church is being the church, if they're, <coughs> you know, engaging their neighbor, if they're engaging their family, if they're inviting them into the home, then you have a great opportunity to say, hey, let's be accountable together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, hospitality is oftentimes one of those overlooked uh, Christian virtues. And I'll just read here. This is Paul's description of what elders are to be. So those who are are overseers, as he says here, he'll use the word bishop, all the same thing. You know, these are the men that are to lead the church and be examples of Christian virtues. And he says uh, that they must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable. And another one, uh, another way you could translate that is you know, given to hospitality. Mm-hmm. Now, and and for the men listening out there, that's not, Paul doesn't say their wives must be <laughs> hospitable. <laughs> He's saying you men must right. be hospitable. Right. And sometimes we just naturally you know, dump hospitality off to the women in the church, but the men are to be hospitable. And uh, when you look at the sacrifices of the Old Testament, I mean, if you really boil it down, what they are is they're they're a meal that you're coming and you're presenting at the temple and uh there's a fellowship there uh mm-hmm. we have the lord's supper communion a reminder of the sacrifice of christ and a celebration of what he's done for us it's it's a meal that you come together at and uh 
all of these things point to the the hospitality that we're to have. There's, you may have heard of her, a woman, uh, Rosaria Butterfield. Yeah, great uh, book. Yep, great book. Uh, you know, former professor, English professor, uh, lesbian, came to faith in Christ. She's one of our crown jewels in the RPCNA. Yeah, she is. And uh, <laughs> so we'll plug her book. She 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 also has a book uh, that's very convicting called The Gospel Comes with a House Key. And um, it's all about showing hospitality. And one of the things in her testimony that I've heard her share is that in the lesbian community, one of the things that was drawing to that is the community aspect mm-hmm. and the fellowship. And one of the things that God used to bring her out of that is the hospitality of a faithful minister of the gospel. Right. And uh, so hospitality, we must open up not only walk, invite him to church, but amen to this you know, and mm-hmm. invite him to your homes. Mm-hmm. And the book has mentioned this before where it's not, we have to remember it's not just as easy as, hey, come to church with me. Mm-hmm. There are some people, especially in these groups that we just talked about, where it's going to take a lot more than just, hey, come on a Sunday with me. It's getting to know them. Is is kind of getting. Yeah. That's what we'll get to yeah, in a yeah, couple the shows. Whole po- the whole point is that the people that the de-churched are not projects that you're working on. Right. They exactly. are people that you're you you're love loving and, on and caring mm, for. Exactly. And uh, and that. And so there has to be some intentionality about um, dealing with them. You know, it's like you know we've talked about de-churched people that were casualties, casualties perhaps of abuse. One of the things that we didn't talk about in our last uh, segment when we were talking about people that were leaving the Catholic Church, many of them left um, because of, uh, uh, you know, some abuse that had taken place mm-hmm. and that they, they they felt like they were answering for something that the leadership had done. And so they, they felt on the outside. And so there's a, there's a sense you have to be very intentional about that. You know, you have to help them get back into a community where they, you know, they feel like they belong. And uh, so you you know, to be to have friends, you must be friendly. There's a, there's there's all that that goes into it. And I think too, just the practical aspect of, you know, who, what group of D church are we most likely to be ministering to? Mm-hmm. It would be the D church of our own congregations, mm-hmm. uh, those that we have those connections, and we know. I mean, walking around town, you're not going to know who's D church and who's not. But mm-hmm. in your own circle, you know those who have fallen away or stopped coming for some reason. And those are the people, first and foremost, that we need to be showing love to. Well, it used to, it used to be years ago, you know, uh, you would, there was a, when people moved in, there was the welcome wagon that yeah. came. Mm-hmm. And and uh, we need to be more aware in our own neighborhoods of those that yeah. have moved. If, if moving is one of the big things that take people out of out of church, being aware in your own neighborhood of new families that move in, mm-hmm. you know, some people don't even know people to the right and left or across the street from them. And I think that we as a church have a greater responsibility mm-hmm. to do that. Mm. Yeah, those, uh, those moving trucks are missional opportunities right, right in your very right. own neighborhood. Um, right. Andrew, you ask an interesting question here. Do you think some of the lack of hospitality or the lack of um, inviting people into our lives or into our living rooms uh, comes as a result of a post-COVID world where so many of us got used to staying in rather than uh, going out or you know, being in our home is kind of a fortified castle uh, rather than a, uh, a hospitable or, or open door. Do you think that's some of this is a, a symptom of that post-COVID world, the struggle to be hospitable as Christians? I, you know, actually, I think it's probably a little deeper than that. I think, uh, you know, we live in a, 
an age of uh, double income, no kids, or mm. or or double income anyway. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, by the time mom and dad come home, uh, have the activity with the kids that they need to have, you know, they're worn out. They're, they don't seem to have enough time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one of the ways is, you know, we don't want to reduce the activities that we have with our children, but maybe we can tie our activities in with the with the whole church family so that we're free to do uh, more mm-hmm. uh, as a, you know, in a missional kind of way. Yeah. Well, one thing COVID did that was, that's never been reproduced before or since was it made us all equal in the sense that we have nowhere to go. Everything from travel, baseball, to church, to your work was canceled. All he had to do was sit at home. And for some people, like myself, I couldn't stand it. It's like, I, I need to go out and do even the, this is the introvert saying this. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, I really, I'm tired even of Even introverts need some people sometimes. Exactly. Small doses. But <laughs> when so many people, when that finally reopened, that was kind of the, now, you know, travel baseball is back and all these activities are back. Now it's, we're so desperate for the, the, nor, the new normal, what, what we had before that we've kind of gone back to maybe a pre-COVID is a more accurate statement is that we're, we, we now busy ourselves with so much and yeah, kind of the pendulum swinging the other way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Hey, listen, uh, dear listener, if you are de-churched out there uh, and you want help finding a good church, we'd love to be an encouragement to you. And so you can email us at the gospel for life, Idaho at gmail.com. And we'd love to get you connected with believers who want to love you and show you the hospitality of Christ. As always, thanks for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow.